You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Unfortunately, well, I'm going to have to jump in and say fortunately. Oh, fortunately. Well, I was just going to say Desmond keeps saying radio show and that kind of got the 86. We're not on the radio. Do we have to put a period where there might just be a comma? No, I think there's a comma there. There could maybe be it's a radio a, show. Maybe it's a semicolon. Who knows? Somebody listening right now may manage a radio station and say, I want, I want that on my up. radio station. Yeah, maybe. I was just listening to Desmond on our last podcast and I was just thinking that we would like to do that. It did fall through, yeah. um, but we might change our intro. We might not. I don't know. Faith declares a thing before it happens. That's absolutely true. Uh, welcome, everybody. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Um, and we're working on the Happy New Year. Yeah, we're working on the Happy New Year. Maybe I, you're listening to this and it's already the New Year. Yeah, whenever you're listening to this, I wish you great success. <laughs> that sounds like a fortune cookie. <laughs> the New Year will bring you great success. And uh, this podcast is not going to be about addressing narcissism. If you listened to the last podcast, you get that reference. But it will be on something even better. (laughs) (laughs) What's better than narcissism, folks? folks? Can you top that? Yes, I can. Uh, Today, we want to talk about, or is this a, I'm segueing into the thing already. Do you want to shoot the breeze a little bit more? I think it's great. Hey, let's bury the lead, right? Let's jump right into the subject. Yes. He just cleansed his palate, wetted his tongue. (laughs) What is it? Uh, We're going to be talking about honor. Today and specifically the the type the typo not the typo there's probably some typos in my notes <laughs> the topic uh, is uh, restoring honor um, we've been kind of discussing things that we've wanted to bring up on this podcast this is one of those topics because John and I believe that uh, in this current day and age honor is probably a little bit less important than it needs to be is that the right way of saying that. I did not. It's a way of saying it, and I, I think it's completely acceptable okay. to say it that way. I confused myself saying that. It is less important. There's, there's than not it needs enough to emphasis be. on honor. Can you say that? <laughs> yeah, that's a great way that, of saying it. <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work, brother. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thrown off because my microphone boom is on the right side today instead of the left. That's okay. Um, but yeah, uh, honor was a thing back in the day. Honor, specifically men, I'm going to reference men a lot in this podcast, but this really refers to everybody, okay? It's not just something that men do, something that we all need to do. And honor was something that was a very big deal. I think of like King Arthur, I think of Knights of the Round Table, I think of old school. If you read Shakespeare, I mean, he talks a lot about love, but he talks a lot about honor. Yeah, it's like the Knight's Code. Yeah, the Knight's Code. And really the honor code, um, people back in the day were really concerned with honor. Let me just give you a few definitions of honor. Um, These are straight from Merriam-Webster, guys. Honor means a keen sense of ethical conduct. One's word given as a guarantee of performance. One whose worth brings respect or fame. A good name or public esteem high respect, great esteem, adherence to what is right, or to a conventional standard of conduct. I've got one more for you, folks. Fulfill an obligation or keep an agreement. Some synonyms for this, words that were related to it, were conduct, integrity, character, 
Those are all really great yeah. things. They sound very biblical. Yeah. But uh, this was something that back in the day, like I said, specifically men were very concerned with their honor, their reputation amongst the masses. You know, your your word back then was as good as gold. Your honor, your family's honor was something that you didn't want to chivalry. tarnish. Yeah, chivalry, huge deal. You know, honor is why uh, uh, the aristocrats dueled at 10 paces. <laughs> <laughs> That's not in his notes, folks. <laughs> but uh, really, your image, and you know, you can get caught up in maybe a narcissistic type of way of really wanting to preserve and maintain your in image. But really, at its most basic form, really being concerned with your character and making sure that you are reputable and operate with integrity with whoever you're dealing with. That was a huge thing. And so I want to talk a little bit about this on why honor has declined, especially in modern Western culture. And my dad bought me a book a few years ago, actually a long time ago, right when I was in high school. He got it for me for Christmas one year, and it was called The Art of Manliness. And this book took off. It's now a website. It's now a YouTube channel. They teach you everything from what honor is, how to actually duel another person if you want to. <laughs> Don't try and that. And then uh, how folks. to how to style and comb your beard. Uh, the art of manliness. But again, this is for everybody. But I'm specifically drawing some points from this. And so uh, he addressed this subject as why uh, why honor has declined. So I'm going to read a little bit from this book. It says this in 19. Oh, not in 19. Hold on. In 1790, 95% of Americans lived in small rural communities. By the 1900s, three out of four citizens made their home in urbanized areas. While in small towns, everyone can keep track of the doings of their neighbors. In cities and suburbs, relationships tend to be more impersonal and anonymous. That's very true for today. And city dwellers had experienced the sensation of being in a large group of people and yet feeling entirely alone. I've been there. Have you been there? Well, I haven't spent much time in a big city, <laughs> but I have felt like a uh, person who's lost in a sea of faces. Seriously, especially in the airport. You're like, so many people coming and going, and who am I? You've been like, in New York City. I've, what a place to you do You know that, what? Like I've been in New York City at Christmas time in Rockefeller Plaza, like trying to get to the tree. Thought I could just go waltz up and ice skate. I was literally packed like sardines. I'm, I get in the you took up the accent. I took up the accent, folks. Well, it was New York. It's Jersey. York, you know, Jersey. I wasn't in Jersey, but I was in uh, the khakis. Big Apple. Right. Sardines. Packed like sardines. I didn't know a single person. The only person I knew was my mom. Okay. Enough of the accent. <laughs> <laughs> Yet they felt entirely alone. In large populations, you can live out your whole life without anyone checking up on you and what you're doing, much less judging your reputation as honorable or dishonorable. That's how people got their honor. People knew who they were. People knew what they were doing. If you were a thief, if you were kind of a thievious kind of guy, I'm getting the accent again. Oh my goodness. <laughs> People knew about it and they talked <laughs> and they talked about it and word spread quickly in a small town if you were either honorable or dishonorable. And eventually your reputation yes. would precede you. Probably where that phrase yes, comes from. Probably. Let's keep reading. In cities and smaller towns alike, civic participation and community mindedness had fallen significantly or has fallen significantly since World War II. And while honor formerly centered on one's clan, extended families no longer living close together and familial, familial relations have constricted to the nuclear family alone, which itself is often split up. That's a, that's a mouthful, folks. 
<laughs> Don't ask me to repeat uh, exactly from So basically, you your honor was focused on close-knit family, but nowadays, families live across the country. My, I mean, they live in different countries. Well, you talk People about family lines, like you could say, you know, the Johnsons, they got yeah. that anger, but- <laughs> The Johnson, there could be a yeah. There's a Johnson in Tacoma, Washington. There's a ja- there's a in Johnson in Texas, in, in Des Moines, uh, Iowa, Yakima. Minneapolis, Minnesota, Duluth. You, you try to nail down the one in Minneapolis, Minnesota, yeah. and they're split up family. Yeah, don't so get you me started about St. Clair, Michigan Johnsons. Was he ever going to be set free from the accent? We'll see. I don't think so. Basically, saying it was a lot easier to keep track of family honor when people were close knit in smaller yes. communities. Let's keep reading. <laughs> As a result of these shifts, immoral, unethical, and cowardly behaviors are rarely known outside one's immediate circle of family and friends. And even then, for reasons we'll discuss below, which I'm not going to discuss those below because I only read a certain amount, they are more likely to shrug and say, it's none of my business, or hey, to each his own, than to condemn and challenge the errant behavior. You know, that's a big thing. When someone does something wrong, back in the day, they were called out for it, sometimes even publicly. And a lot of times, the way you restored your honor was to go confront that person. Sometimes you might get in a duel. But the principle of the matter was, if you were doing something dishonorable, there was enough people around you to call you out on your crap, right? Honor confronts. Honor does confront. Let's read a little bit more. The internet has only accelerated the shift towards impersonal and anonymous relationships. Traditional honor is designed to act as a check on people's claims to merit and force them to stand behind and defend their insults, exaggerations, or one's deeds or shameful actions are called out and challenged by one's associates. On the internet, however, people can claim to be a Navy SEAL or issue the basest of insults to another person without having to prove their claim, suffer consequences for their character, or allow the insulted person to defend themselves. They can be anyone and say anything all while safely ensconced behind a screen. I'm just thinking, imagine John Adams or one of our founding fathers and us trying to describe to them the concept of being catfished on the internet. (laughs) Does that make you laugh? Like, no, you, you want to build a relationship with a woman online, but guess yeah, what? Guess it's what? not it's, a woman. It's actually a dude and in they, his 40s living they, in his mom's basement. And they take this photo and they Photoshop it. Yeah. And What's then, real? I don't know. I yeah. Mean, they would be completely bamboozled. No wonder we've lost the concept Yeah, seriously. Fun fact, John Adams was the first president to occupy and live in the White House. Boom! Useless knowledge. Anyways... Basically, the modern era has has made it super convenient to live anonymously. And you know what? I'm guilty of this. Some t- uh, there's a few of my neighbors. I have no idea who they are. And I, and I even to myself say, none of my business to each their own. But back in the day, you knew your next door neighbor. You went over to share some pie. The moment you move in, your wife's making a nice latticed apple pie to take <laughs> to the neighbors. Yeah. Hopefully, she can set it on the windowsill and let that uh, aroma waft. Yep. Okay, guys, help me with the accent here. (laughs) In the future, help it with the accent. Yeah, so honor back in the day really was held in check by your peers. And the more we, this age of, you know, we call this a communication age, which we are able to communicate in a basic form easier, but we are being more distanced by the day. And easier isn't always better. No, easier is not always better. So honor was held in check by people, not as much anymore. Here's something else from this uh, book that I really, really like. Like drop statement. Yeah. Honor is the moral imperative of men. 
obedience is the moral imperative of boys. Why don't I just make this all inclusive and, and restate that? Honor is the moral imperative of women and men. Obedience is the moral imperative of girls and boys. Children? Children. <laughs> Children. Let's just say that. <laughs> We're having fun today. <laughs> Children. So honor based on respect is a superior moral imperative to obedience based on rules and laws. So basically, when you're a child, you do the right thing out of obedience to authority or out of fear of punishment. But as you mature, you begin to see the world really doesn't revolve around you, that you belong to groups larger than yourself. And with this discovery comes a new awareness of the needs of that group of people and how your behavior affects others. It's a change in perspective. For example, let's put it this way. As a young boy, I did chores because I had to. I didn't want to get in trouble. You know, I was on summer break. My parents went to work, but they left me a list, which I thought was so terrible. But now thinking back, I was like, why did I complain? It was like, water the flowers, empty the trash. It was easy. But I didn't want to do it, but I did it because I was afraid of punishment. But as I got older, I still did my chores, but not out of fear, not out of obedience, but out of respect for my parents and understanding I am a contributor to the family. And when I contribute, the whole family succeeds. You know you have matured when you can comprehend the meaning. Mm, Yeah. So without honor, mediocrity corruption and incompetence rule. This is again from this book. And I'll read a little bit more from this book and then we'll move on. Okay. But I, it's so interesting. Honor is based on reputation. And when people stop caring about their reputation and shame disappears, people devolve into doing the least they can without getting into legal trouble or being fired. Ouch. This leads to mediocrity, corruption, and incompetence. Navigating any business or customer service network these days, you encounter the most egregious, what's that word, John? Egregious, egregious, egregious. Thank you, John. Examples of the latter. Because few potential employers check references anymore and your reputation is unknown when you apply for the job. People have no fear of their history following them from job to job and thus little incentive to perform their work with excellence as opposed to mind-blowing ineptitude. Wow. That was a lot. That was a lot. Break it down for me. Well, I mean, I was breaking it down earlier. You were, but can you give it to me with an accent (laughs) and Jonathan Rossler? Sure. I mean, it it, it made mention of public shame, which I'm not really in the public shame, but I am all about being accountable. Accountability. And so we can can make that substitute there. I'm not going to shame you in the uh, court square, but I will hold you accountable to what you say you're going to do. And I think a lot of times uh, nowadays, again, it's the not my business to each their own mentality. We're not about accountability. We actually shy away from accountability because it's easy that way. You know what? If I don't have to take responsibility for something, then I don't have to suffer the consequences. And the more you think that way, your honor is, is diluting. It is corrupting. It is, it is, uh, sinking beneath you. Totally agree. Well said. You really <laughs> did break it down. Thank you. I, I, and a little you accent. Barely accent. Barely. So there's been a shift. There's been a decline in honor. Uh, but the Bible is full of honor. And actually, we're going to get into this because although traditional honor in that sense that we just talked about is still very important, Jesus flipped the script. And the way we honor people is, is very different today. You still have that sense of honor. You should still be concerned about your character, your reputation. Um, back in the day, we were really about earning honor. 
But biblical honor is about giving it even when it's not earned. Come on, somebody. So let's talk about this. Biblical honor. I'll give a few references. Exodus 20, 12 says, honor your father and mother. 1 Samuel 2.20 says, those who honor me, I will honor. That's talking about God. Psalm 8.5 says, God has crowned men with glory and honor. Proverbs 3.9, we should honor the Lord with our wealth. Hebrews 13.4 says that marriage should be held in a place of honor. There's more scriptures. I won't get into that, but God has called us to live honorably, but also uh, show honor even in an age of dishonor. So while traditional honor should be revered and practiced to a certain degree, it it revolved around earning honor, which means the opposite side didn't have to show honor unless somebody did something worthy of it, right? I kind of alluded to this just a minute ago. But we, sh- we should live honorably and act in ways that deserve honor, but God erased the notion of earning something when, when Jesus died and took our place on the cross. Listen, we didn't deserve or earn salvation, yet he freely gave it to us because of his great love. So now, us as Christians, we follow suit and we give honor even when people don't deserve it or earn it. Uh, this is why we must get a greater revelation of the love of God, right? The love of God is what agape type of love. John, tell me what agape love is. Well, there's numerous different ways that we could describe it, all of which can be found in 1 Corinthians 13, but it doesn't include your self-interest. It isn't self-seeking. It doesn't keep a record of wrong. Uh, it's patient. It's slow to anger. It doesn't rejoice in evil. Wow. It rejoices in the truth. Amen. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Glory and to God. Come on. It never fails. It never fails. Let's sum that up into one little word here. It is love without conditions or unconditional. Selfless. Selfless, unconditional love. So this is why we must get a greater revelation of love. God's love isn't based on performance and our love for others. Really, biblical, godly love shouldn't be based on other people's performances. So we are to honor regardless of the individual and their character. That might rub people the wrong way, okay? And I get it. Some people do some very dishonorable things. Some people hurt you. Some people use you. What does the Bible say to do to your enemies, John? Love them and yeah. to do good for them and to pray for and them, to pray even for them. when they spitefully ah! use you. Wow. I don't exactly know what that <laughs> means, but it sounds bad. <laughs> but regardless, you're supposed to love them and ultimately, I say an honor. honorable life is a life where no matter what their behavior is, it doesn't change your behavior. Yes. So, one of the best examples of this is found in Second Samuel, and this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Um, This is when King David honored Mephibosheth. Let's all say that together. Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Now, without looking at your paper, spell it. M-E-P-H-I-O-B-S-H-E-T-H. That's wrong. That's okay. (laughs) I'm just playing with it. You put me on the spot a couple times. I wanted to do the same thing. Right. But I felt like I led you into a a wide place. I led you into a place where you knew the answer. Hopefully. You did. You knew the answer. (laughs) (laughs) So King David honors Mephibosheth. Who is Mephibosheth? That is the only surviving member of Saul's household, which would be Jonathan's son. So let me break it down. Saul was the king of Israel. Jonathan was his son, and he was the rightful heir to the throne. And Mephibosheth was Jonathan's son. So Jonathan was set up to be the king of Israel, but God changed it, said, you know what? Actually, no, I actually want David to be king, and I'm actually going to go ahead and anoint him. Samuel came, anointed David, and so David was now supposed to be in line for the throne. This is what happened. So 
Saul and Jonathan are out fighting the Philistines somewhere. Jezreel, I don't know. Uh, anyways, they both die in battle. And news of this spreads quickly. It goes back home to the palace where Mephibosheth is. Mephibosheth is only five years old. News comes back. They say, hey, Saul and Jonathan died. The nanny who's watching Mephibosheth freaks out, goes, uh, I know what Saul has tried to do to David. Saul has spent years trying to kill David, blaspheme him, slander him, betray and backstab him. Now they're both dead. He's going to be the king. He's coming after Mephibosheth. She freaks out. She grabs him, flees the palace. And while she's doing that, drops him, cripples him, picks him back up, and then runs to a land called Lodabar. And the land Lodabar means land with no pasture, means a barren wasteland. So this is really interesting because honor will always elevate you, those who are around you, and bring blessing. And this is kind of a crazy, almost oxymoron here. Not oxymoron, it's ironic. But what happened is in that moment, David went from rags to riches. Boom, king of Israel. He lived a life of honor. And all of a sudden, the house of Saul went from riches to rags. Now, Mephibosheth is literally in a barren wasteland. So here's the thing. Now David is king. He has a choice. He has a choice to make. He goes, all right, I spent my whole life, well, a good majority of my life running from Saul. He's backstabbed me. He's dishonored me. I have a choice to make. And what does he do? He goes, hey, is there anybody I can honor? And this is what he says in... 2 Samuel 9.1, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? So King David had him brought from Lodabar from the house of Machir, son of Amiel. So he gives Mephibosheth all of the land that Saul owned back to him. He says, you know what? This is all your dad's, or actually your grandpa's, your granddad's. I'm going to give it back to you. And from now on, you're going to be part of my family. You're going to eat at my table. In fact, I'm going to give you servants. They're going to farm your land so you don't have to because unfortunately you're crippled. Your nanny dropped you. That's terrible. Uh, but you're always going to have provision. They're going to farm the land for you. You're going to make money. You're going to have food. But not only that, I'm going to have you sit at my table forever. And so Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem until he died. And all of his, and everyone who came after Mephibosheth, they all lived in Jerusalem and he ate at David's table forever. So he had a choice to either choose dishonor or honor, and it was probably really easy for him to choose the dishonorable route. Some would even say it would be right of him to do that, you know, but he didn't. Sorry, I'm going to take a drink of water. You can jump in whenever you want. I'm letting you complete your thought. Okay. It's so good. I'm gathering thoughts as you're sharing them. Right. Hopefully, as you're listening, you're gathering thoughts as well. Yeah. So Saul was so dishonorable. But David showed honor, and really, that's what we're supposed to do as Christians, New Testament Christians. The Bible, and I'm going to talk about this, who should we honor? Well, first of all, we got to honor everybody. All okay? people. All people. And this is what I like to call the code, and this is what me and my dad loved. This is like, if I was to get a tattoo, I might get this tattooed right on my rib cage. I'm not going to get a tattoo, but <laughs> hypothetically speaking. First Peter 2.17 says, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God honor the king. It's just like, <clears throat> what a statement. Yeah, it's really good. So we're to honor all people. Okay. All means all folks. You know what all means in the Greek? All. All. 
Here's another group of people. If that, if that didn't, uh, if you didn't figure it out, you know. in all people, let's <laughs> here's a subcategory to those people that it does include. That sometimes we wish it didn't Ooh, include. Here's a good one: authority. E. Let's read Romans 13, 1 through two. <laughs> Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. Yikes. Okay, Pastor Mark said this a few weeks ago when he was talking about this. He says, you remember when this was written, wasn't written under a democracy, wasn't written for Americans. Uh, well, it does apply to us today, but it wasn't written specifically to our democratic system. It was written to like tyrannical A rule. rotten Roman Ooh. system. A rotten Roman system where Christians were being beheaded, where Christians were being burned in oil. And burned yeah. as torches to light stadiums where they were being eaten alive by yeah. animals. And if he says, hey, respect the authority under tyrannical rule, the worst persecution the church has ever faced was during the Roman Empire. Can we say this? How much more us? How much more us? And so I'm going to go there for a second. I'm just going to go there. Okay. That means President Biden. And I would venture to even say this. You, if you want to actually hold people in a place of honor, you should probably reference him as President Biden. You mean Joe Biden? No. No. President Biden. Our president. Our Ooh. president. Mr. Not president. my president. No. I'm no, he sorry. is your president. If you live in the United States and <laughs> our president. you pay taxes, I'm sorry, but he is your Joe president. Biden. And take a lesson from Bambi. Sometimes if you have nothing nice to say, it's okay right. to say nothing at right. all. Right. And I'll even go there a little bit further. Man. The let's go Brandon crap. I'm sorry. Completely dishonoring. And we did a podcast a few weeks ago about absolutes. Here's an absolute statement I'm just going to make. There is nothing honoring about that. Just going to say it. And here's a way you can show honor. I don't agree with everything that he does or says. I don't agree with his policies that much. But here's a way you can show honor. Uh, praying. Having patience. Not slandering him on Facebook. Again, if you have nothing nice to say, then you say nothing at all. You know, sometimes silence speaks volumes, but you really show your hand and your actual dishonor when you post all that kind of junk on Facebook. I'm really stepping on a lot of toes. You here. are. But hey, they choose to listen to our podcast. Yeah. You might choose to shut there. it off. They're putting their feet out there. <laughs> yeah. I can't help that you're wearing. Uh... Next time, listen to our podcast with steel toe boots and you'll yeah, you're be wearing, off. You're wearing Birkenstocks thinking I'm not going to step on your toes. But I am. I'm sorry. Authority. Huge deal. Huge deal. No matter who it is. And you go, oh, I'm going to pray for a Republican president. Well, good. Do that. But we have a, we have a uh, Democrat president in office right now who needs our prayers. Again, showing honor doesn't mean you always agree with someone. You can disagree without being yeah. disagreeable. You can be a conscientious objector and still be honoring. And you can still be a medic in the army. <laughs> Okay, here's another one. Your parents. Okay? Amen. Maybe that's easier for you to do. Maybe it's a lot harder. I don't know. I don't know your situation. Exodus 20:12. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Come on, that was the first commandment ever given that had a promise attached to it. And if you want to live a long life, first of all, 
get plenty of exercise, eat a lot of fish, eat your veggies, but most importantly, honor your mother and father. (laughs) (laughs) Will the accent follow us to the next episode? Find out next week, folks. And here's another one. Church leaders. Hmm. 1 Timothy 5.17, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well, that's that's important, well, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work... Is, whose work is preaching and teaching. Listen, your pastor is going to give an account for your soul one day. It's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of responsibility. Thank God there's a grace to do that. But I don't want to be a part of the hindrance. I don't want to be something that's that's uh, kind of standing in the way of that. I, and I was wondering today why the double honor thing. And I think part of it's connected to the fact of the responsibility is equal to the honor. And it I believe it's Paul, but he said, not all of you should desire to be teachers because they're going to be held right. to a higher standard. Yeah. So if the standard's going to be higher, let's just raise the honor level as well. Amen. So who we who should we honor? All people, authority, your parents, church leaders. There's probably more, but we're getting to the end of this podcast. Can I say a couple things? I know Please. we might go a couple minutes That's late, totally but fine. I was just meditating. This was really well done. Can I say good job? Thank you. Well done. Thank you. And I was just thinking about things I'm currently working on honor and what I've had to deal with with honor. And really the question, is there an overextension of honor? Yeah, I think you can overextend honor and it becomes idolatry. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about because I think I've fallen into this. And maybe if it's happened to me, maybe it'll happen to you. (laughs) I don't know. But at least I can say I did what I could to prepare you so you could stay in a healthy spot. Uh, and I, that's what I want to do. And I want to say, you can tell if you're going to go into idolatry or if you're going to stay in honor. Really, biblically, I believe we honor not because of the person. That's why we can honor all people. Right. We honor God by that person or through that person. We're always looking to God. That's why we can honor all people because we're not necessarily honoring that person. We're honoring the fact that they're made in the image and likeness of God and that God desires that no one dies and perishes and not know him. And we have a responsibility to reflect ourselves to him. Just this verse in Romans 13, one through two, Paul says this, all authority comes from God. Mm -hmm. So the reason I'm honoring is not because of President Joe Biden and his policies, but because that authority structure goes to God. And we can focus on honoring and staying in an honorable position because we're looking to God and not the person. The moment you look to the person Mm. that you're honoring instead of God, guess what? You're going to start to manipulate that person. That's good. What is manipulation? It's cleverly influencing people for personal gain. So if I choose to behave away with self-ambition attached to that, hmm. then I know I'm in manipulation. And why am I being manipulative to that person? Because I seek to get something from the wow. honor I'm bestowing on that person, which means I'm looking to them and not God, which wow. means they become an idol to me. Dude, that's amazing. And you can know that this is starting to turn on you because you start to get an agitation and a pressure on a person. Hmm. Uh Faith doesn't pressure people. That's something I learned from uh, Keith Moore in something he wrote. And he referenced the story of Hannah, who was desiring a child, who ended up becoming Mm. Samuel, which we just talked about. Who anointed King David. Which we read from the book of Samuel. But she couldn't have a child, and she was crying out to her husband, Elkanah, and like, give me a son or I'll die. 
And he's like, you know what? I can do that. I can can do all I want. I can try it. But I can't do it. When we start to pressure people or we look to people and there's pressure on people, we know we're not looking to God and we're probably not living honorably Mm. because when we look to God, it doesn't matter on their response. It doesn't matter how they behave or their actions. We're looking to God throughout the whole process. So I noticed this even with Pastor Mark. I uh, Jonathan and I have been here, and I believe I'm here to learn a lot from Pastor Mark. And I had the opportunity for a season to work out with him and to spend a lot of time with him. But there was a season, even with Jonathan and I, where it seemed like we were doing that at the expense of each other. And it was yeah. like we were trying to get to him. And God had to look at me and say, you may think you're honoring Pastor Mark in that, but you should be trying to look to me in him. Mm. And no matter what time you get to spend with him, ultimately, you're honoring him because of what I've put in him and you're not trying to pull from that. So hopefully that helps you. Yeah. Don't get into manipulation. Don't get into idolatry. Honor. And I think that's why the all men really comes into play because th- I believe some of the most honorable things we can do are for people that can't do anything back for us. Yeah. So sometimes it's easier to get honor people who are over yeah. us. Who you know is going to. But again, if you're doing that and you're expecting a return, you're not honoring right. them. So just, honor can turn selfish real quick. It can. Wow. And we just need to be conscious of that. That's good input. Um, I would say this too. Some people go, okay, honoring authority. All right, buddy, where do we draw the line? Well, I think you draw the line when something that is trying to be mandated violates your standard of morals, biblical morals, something that goes directly against the word of God. Uh, then obviously you object and you and you take a stand, but pay your taxes. <laughs> Pray for your president. Render to Caesar what yeah. is Caesar's. And the reason why Jesus died a sinner's death for people who were completely undeserving was because he was full of love and compassion. And that's really the key to operating in honor for all people is really, and we said this before, but getting a greater revelation of God's love and being moved with compassion really helps you to choose the high road over the low road. And I'm just thinking of what you're saying about choosing the high road instead of the low road and this concept of honoring God in what we do with people. And you mentioned the story of Mephibosheth and David and Jonathan. And that's a picture. What happened to Mephibosheth is a picture of what happened to us as the church. We were carried to the table. We get to sit at Jesus's table. But you even see in David's terminology, he says, is there anyone that I can honor for Jonathan's sake? Yeah. I believe that God honors us on behalf of Jesus's sake, and there's wow. nothing we can do, but we can look out and say, is there anyone I can honor for Jesus's sake, what he's wow. done for me? And then I'm not let down by the incompetence or the inability of that person wow. to give anything to me. Mephibosheth could do nothing for David, but David was looking for nothing in return. That's he awesome. was doing it because of his love for Jonathan. Amen. And if we receive that love, we can operate in the same honorable way. Wow. One last question. Yeah. Is honor obedience? It's obedience to God because it's a command. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, Honor isn't necessarily obedience, though, if you think the only way I can honor someone is to obey them. Uh, I would say no. Again, again, it goes back to if it's violating your personal standards. It can be, but it's not restricted to that. Yeah, it's not restricted to that. And I was just thinking along that as you build relationship with someone, uh, the concept of lying. I'm just throwing these out. Yeah, Maybe you can yeah. chew on them. But 
I remember growing up in youth group and being asked the question about, is it honorable <laughs> if somebody paints cabinets bright pink? And they ask, what do you think of those cabinets? And we had a real strong yeah. <laughs> discussion on that. And I've been chewing on that. And as you build relationship with someone, Pastor Marcus said this, and I'm going to ask you, hopefully this is a broad place that you can answer the question. Hopefully. What is the most dishonoring thing you can do to someone? Lie to them. Lie to them. Yeah. And when we're manipulative and we're trying to get to someone to get something from them that we can only get from God, we'll lie to them yeah. and say we like things that we never liked hmm. and say things to them that we wouldn't, yeah. that we say differently away from them. Just for an example, if somebody asks for your opinion on a thing, don't be disagreeable, but tell them the way it is. Yeah, now, give them your honest opinion. Use give some them tact, your honest opinion. maybe a little sugarcoat. Maybe a little sugarcoat, follow some of our podcasts. But again, main main position, don't be an idolatry, don't manipulate, honor people because we're honoring God in the process. Amen. And that's the wisdom of my yeah, day. That's the wisdom of your day. Well, I want to, I'll bring this kind of wrap it into my wisdom of the day because we have kind of two concepts of honor, like a traditional uh, Renaissance type of honor and then biblical honor, which Renaissance, I shouldn't just call it Renaissance honor, but old, I'll just say old school honor was really about earning you, you have to earn someone's respect. And biblical honor is you give it regardless of whether they're deserving or whether they earn it. And so they kind of seem contradictory, but as Christians, this is how we spread the love of God. Even when someone is undeserving, we choose to honor them. And that really ministers and speaks to people. But on the same token, that old school honor is something still very much in play. For my life, I really want to be concerned with my character and my reputation. And I want to be a man of my word. And so it is very important to have high honor amongst your peers. So you still operate in both, but as Christians, we give it regardless. Amen. And that would be my wisdom of the day. Awesome. Yeah, man. I'll pray this out. Restore some honor. (laughs) (laughs) Through my prayer. Wow. Yeah, do it. Uh, Father God, thank you so much for this podcast and the wisdom that was brought out by Pastor Jonathan. I thank you, Lord, that we would be not just hearers, but doers, that we would live honorably, that we would live genuinely, that we would live sincerely. And Father God, we would give you the glory by the way we live our life. And I thank you for a restoration of honor for our men, for our women, and for our children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a happy new year, everybody. Yes. And we'll see you next year. (laughs) Yeah. Bye.